one of my favorite songs. I love it. As soon as I hear Pastor Andy playing the first riff, I just smile really big. All right. Um, good evening. We're going to need someone to sit behind uh, Sister Joy, someone who is prone to sneezing so we can keep her on our toes. Uh, it's good to see you all. Uh, good to see your beautiful faces. To those of you who are uh, watching via the internet or television, um, I am your brother in Christ, Michael Murray, and uh, thank you pastors for the opportunity to uh, come and share this evening, and uh, I never approach this opportunity uh, lightly. This is a weighty, weighty matter um, because we get the opportunity to share things that affect the soul truly affects life. So um, if you will, join me in prayer, and uh, I guess we'll dive right into it. Father God, I thank you so much for, for this evening, for this day. Some days are heavy, but you promised that you would never leave us, nor forsake us. And I thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I pray, just just flood me right now. I pray, give me the, the words to share with my brothers and sisters. That your name might be brought glory. That your kingdom might just burst at the seams with new souls. Because we have humbled ourselves before you. Because we have died to self. And we are truly learning what it means to live is Christ. Thank you, Father God. I pray have your way with these words. Change my heart. Change our hearts. Draw us closer to you and closer to each other. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Anybody in here ever heard of G.K. Chesterton? G.K. Chesterton. Well, I keep mentioning all these people like I'm like, everybody's going to know. And everybody's like, oh, I don't know who that dude is. <laughs> well, G.K. Chesterton um, made a statement. He said that the Christian ideal or the Christian life has not been tried and found wanting or lacking, but rather it has been found difficult and therefore left untried. And I would contend with that statement. I would venture to say that it is far more difficult to live life in this world without Christ. Far more difficult. And, and I watch it. I watch it in the world around me and just the devastation in it. And it seems like there's, as time is going, more and more quickly there's something huge going on that affects everyone. But I know... If you're seeing something huge happening, that also means that in each individual life, there are things going on that are rocking people's worlds. And I lean into the fact that I know Christ and He is the Prince of Peace. And when I am struggling with things or there are situations, tumultuous situations that are coming up, I know that I can lean into Him. And I, and I say those exact words, you promised me a peace that would pass understanding. I need that now. I need that now. Abba, will you hold me? Father, will you hold me? I need that peace. 
And to live in this world without that, I can't imagine it. And that makes my, my, my heart hurt for the lost. I'm going to pose one simple question this evening as, um, as I address three different types of individuals. I'm going to pose the question of what's stopping you? I want to address the lost first. Just like I said as I began here, this world is it's, it's crazy, it's chaotic, it's, and it's happening faster and faster. So I know if you're lost out there, I know that you're hurting. I know that you're facing bitterness and brokenness, anxiety, fear, doubt and pain. But I can promise you that Jesus will meet you where you are. And He'll heal you. He'll meet your needs. He'll give you life. You see, this book is filled with promises. But unlike any other belief system in the world, this book is built on promises that the central figure, and from Genesis to Revelation, this book is the story of Jesus the Christ. The central figure of this book and all the promises that are contained within it He sealed those promises, stamped them with the stamp of approval with His shed blood. All other belief systems says, you've got to give this and you've got to sacrifice this and, and maybe you'll be made right. Jesus Christ is the truth. The truth stating that there would, God looked down and said that there would, there would never be a way that we could ever make ourselves right. We could ever make ourselves holy. We could ever make ourselves righteous. So he said, I tell you what I do. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll shed my blood. And that way you can truly know life. In Jesus, we have the only certainties in life when it comes to our souls and our lives. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Then the Word put on flesh, put on skin and dwelt among men, so that when I do, like I said in the beginning, when I do go to Him and say, I'm hurting. You promised that You would give me peace. He says, alright. You're holding me to my promise? I promise I am not like a man. I will not lie. Here's my peace. Then I have to choose to receive that and walk in that. But if I'm lost in the world, I don't have that option. That option is extended by Jesus Christ. This denotes the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, sacrificed His life, and rose again that He might defeat sin and death on our behalf. However, He didn't just leave it there. He promised us a helper. His Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit continuously helps us walk out this life in righteousness. Righteousness that we could never have attained on our own. So if you are lost, I am telling you of a guarantee that you have of one who will never leave you nor forsake you in this life and in eternity. So my question to you, what's stopping you? 
would you come to Him today? If you are lost, and anything that I've said pricked your heart and said, I, I am broken, I am, there is bitterness I'm dealing with, I am anxious, but He's telling me that there's this, this Jesus who will meet my needs, who will change my life. It's really simple to begin that relationship. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if, I, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In a lot of ways, I think in the church today, as we've deemed ourselves to be more advanced technologically and all this, we've, we've come up with so many different programs and things that we're going to, we're going to get to add. That, that'll bring them in when the simplicity of the gospel, there's nothing that we can come up with, nothing. There's, there's no scheme that we can conceive that would be better than the pure simplicity of the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, sacrificed His life. Now, nobody killed Him. A lot of ways we get hung up on that. Nobody killed Jesus. He told Him, I could have called for a legion and this whole show would have been over. Nobody killed Him. He gave His life. He sacrificed His life. And then unlike anything, anyone, any event in history, He took it back. The simplicity of that is life-changing. So if you don't know Him, cry out to Him. There's no magic phrase, no magic prayer. It's from that heart that says, yo, that crazy dude Mike said that Jesus would never leave me nor forsake me. He would change my life, heal my brokenness. So you just open your mouth and you pray. You tell Him something along the lines of, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. Mike said that you died for my sins. I pray that you would forgive me, come into my life, cleanse me, heal me, use me. I want you to be the Lord of my life, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray. You pray something like that, you will begin that relationship. And you've got to find some people who are truly disciples to be a support system for you as you begin to get into God's Word and read and spend time in prayer and cultivate and develop that relationship. But I promise, he, he promised to give you His Holy Spirit so you're not alone in that journey. So what's stopping you? For the next portion, I want to address, um, I want to talk to the backslider. And I think a lot of times in the church, it's, it's almost taboo to admit that you've had times when you've dropped the ball. I'm a, um, I'm a huge Alabama Crimson Tide fan. We rarely fumble. That wasn't a joke, sir. But if you, if you watch, when you watch a sports game, it is. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, you, you know, when you drop the ball. And we don't want to talk about it within the body of Christ. It's almost a taboo thing. But I have no shame in admitting that there was a time when, when I ran back to the things of the world, went through whatever circumstance, whatever event in my life, and ran back. But I'll tell you this, it was, it was 
always really odd, like even when in the midst of that brokenness, have, after having walked so closely with God, after having had the Holy Spirit use me so tremendously in, in a lot of different ways, even in the midst of that backslidden state, God would not leave me alone. You guys ever heard of Malcolm Muggridge? I'm going to say one and you guys are going to be like, I know him. Um, he was an English writer, poet, and he wrote of um, the hound of heaven that was constantly running him down. And thank you, Sister Joy. Um, constantly running him down even when he was running away. And I know this, this is going to sound crazy, but even when in that when I would visit the weed man after I had been delivered from it, running back to it because I knew that it would, and in my mind, for my flesh, it would remove the stuff that I didn't want to think about at that time in my life. But I even, I wanted to share Jesus with the weed man. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but it was like, the Holy Spirit was just like, I died for the weed man too. I'm like, I know you did. Wouldn't leave me alone, you know? would not leave me alone. So to the backslider, I say we must stop playing games with God. Oftentimes we say God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same holy God. He is just as well as He is loving. He is long-suffering and His mercies endure forever. But let us not take that lightly. Let us not play games before Him. If we turned our backs on God for whatever reason or we are attempting to have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world, kingdom of God and one foot in the world, we are only deceiving ourselves. There's really nothing in the world for a child of God. I'm not even going to ask if you know, but there's a poet named Joseph Solomon and he wrote a poem called Shadow of a Doubt. And one of the strongest lines in that poem hits me so hard he says honestly i've considered quitting but where will i go back there's no home for the living in the land of the dead does that hit you once you've tasted and seen how good god is there's no there's nothing for us out there but i want us to know and keep in mind that god is faithful Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 7. I actually studied this entire chapter, and I encourage you to do so. There, this, this chapter is action-packed. Isaiah 55, 6 through 7 says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. The implications in that one line are heavy. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If you've stepped away, he will pardon. Come home, seek him while he may be found. If we will repent and choose to fully get back on the narrow road, God will forgive us 
set us ablaze again with holy fire and zeal. We were talking about zeal last night. God laid that heavy on Pastor's heart. However, we must be aware of God's warnings in God's Word. Check out Matthew seven twenty one through 23 with me. says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And I always... When I read that when I was younger, you know, I, I, I've told you many times where I, where I grew up, the denomination and all that, and there was a, a real push for the, the eternal security, that forever salvation deal. And I, I come across that, and I'm like... That sounds like there are some people who honestly thought they were saved and then they will stand before God and God will say, depart from me. I never knew you. That's one of the, I I don't really walk in fear or anything, but that's a pretty scary verse there to go your whole life and actually be used to do these things that God's word says, those who believe in me, these signs will follow And then get there and stand and he says, depart from me. I never knew you. You deceived yourself the entire time. That's heavy. But the key to this verse actually, as you keep hearing it, is we did this in your name. We did that in your name. The true power here is in his name. And Jesus said that even if if you didn't praise me, the rocks would begin to cry out and praise him. We are all his creation. He can use anything he wants to build his kingdom and bring his name glory. Also, check out um, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 16 through 17 with me. Hebrews 12, 16 through 17. And this is referring to Esau when Esau got tricked and sold his birthright says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward he wanted to inherit the blessing. He was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. That's, that's a, that's a, that should shake you to your core, you know. And, and really put in our hearts that we need to take this thing seriously and be real before God. And there's, there's, there's no fear in it. It just says, if I am dabbling in things or I find myself allowing myself to entertain thoughts or whatever the level is, just know that there's a call for immediate repentance. Repentance is not just, yo, I'm sorry. But a turning away, if we're starting to rewrap our hands and our arms around idols, 
quickly like a hot stove, let it go. Father God, let me keep clean to your nail-pierced feet. Let me, let me stay close to you. I don't want that stuff in my life. It hinders my relationship with you. I think that speaks to how we value the relationship that we have with God. Does that make sense to you? But there's great news. I didn't want it to be all heavy. Everybody's faces were all like, whoa. Um, I don't want it to be super heavy. I want us to get to the great news. Here's the great news. If you are that backslider, if you are that prodigal, the Father is waiting for you. He has a ring to put on your finger and a robe to put on your back. And He eagerly awaits to celebrate your return. Eagerly awaits. If you have accepted Christ and you began that walk with Him, like I said in the beginning when I was addressing those who are lost, He promised His Holy Spirit. So like I was telling you in those times, He won't even leave you alone even when you choose to walk into the darkest places where He's told you you no longer need to be. His Holy Spirit is constantly working on you, convicting you of the things you've allowed back into your life, wooing you back to the Father, because like Philippians 1.6 says, everybody turn to Philippians 1.6 with me. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. If you are someone who is backslidden, you've stepped back into stuff that God has told you, that is not for you. I have so much better for you. And you've slipped back into it. God has promised that if He's begun that good work in you, He will finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. Come home. Come home. So my question to you, brother or sister, who may have backslidden, what's stopping you from coming home? Come home. All right. For the last portion, I want to address uh, the disciples. Those of us who are solidly walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are learning of Him. And we are growing in Him. My message to you is, Time is of the essence. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. talked about the urgency of now. Time is of the essence. It is good that we are diligent in prayer and diligent in our devotion time, getting up in the morning, reading God's Word. It is a beautiful thing that we fellowship with one another. That we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as some do. But we are adamant about doing this life thing together. This discipleship thing together as brothers and sisters. That's beautiful. But if we are not sharing Him with the lost, we are missing one of the greatest opportunities to grow closer to Him. To bear fruit. In many ways, we who are walking with Christ, in many ways, we go about our lives 
and conduct ourselves in a manner that basically says we do not believe that hell is real and that daily souls are being cast into hell. Because if we did firmly believe that, I don't think we would let anything stop us from opening our mouths and sharing the truth. Sharing Jesus, He is the truth, with those around us. And that's, I'm speaking to me as well. I get so caught up, and I'm going to be honest, man, the traffic here in Houston is crazy. But even just in the traffic, I allow myself to, to be honest, to get in my flesh. Like, I'm so aggravated by the time I do get to the store, it's like, mm, let me get in here and get this water. Take my card. I'm out of here. So consumed with just me. Or my frustration. That I don't take the, just the moment to say, hey, Jesus died for us. That's a good thing. Hey, have a great day. Just that alone would just get it and seep into someone's mind. And as I'm walking to my car, Father God, I pray that you would just let that name, Jesus, that I shared with them, just penetrate their minds and hearts. Put a hunger in them to know you if they don't know you. Put a hunger in their mind to know you more just based on that word. And I thank you. And just trust that I was willing to open my mouth and speak Jesus to someone. There's power in that name. We sing the songs. There's power in the name of Jesus. And why don't we say it? Why don't we say it to those that we come into contact with? Because if we believe that hell is dark, if we believe that hell is hot, And if we believe the worst thing about hell is it will be eternal separation from God, then we would get anxious and adamant about sharing Him. Does it make sense? I'm talking more to me than you all, so don't... I get pretty intense, you know. I'm, I'm talking to me more so, you know. Read Jude 1.23 with me. Jude 1.23. Jude one twenty three says, But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. As we embrace the call to make him known, keep it in mind that it is our job it is not our job to save anyone, but rather to be messengers to tell others about the only one who can save them. Also, we don't have to beat ourselves up about feeling ineffective. Check out 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7 with me. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7. It says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. I think in a lot of ways we, especially if we're perfectionists, I don't know about any of you all, but if you're a perfectionist, that's got to be done to the letter, to the T, 
Tim, I see you. It, that, that, I think that causes a lot of people to stop dead in their tracks. Like, I'm not even going to attempt this because I know they're not going to come to Jesus. If I start talking to them about Jesus, it's not going to end with them praying with me right here and accepting Jesus and beginning that relationship with Him. So I'm not even going to try. Anyone ever felt that way? Or we just feel like my part, you know, it's the pastor's job to share Christ with people. That's not, that's not my job. I'm coming to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I give a kind nod to the people that I see at church. And I go about my week. But we're missing it. Whether they accept Christ right there with you or not, let's take the chance to open our mouths and share Jesus. There's going to be some classwork here at the end. And there's going to be some homework. But I'm going to do my best to give you some tips along the way. Okay? You don't have to feel like you have to do it. Keep in mind, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's the Holy Spirit's job to woo. If God is putting it on your heart saying, hey, tell him my son died for him. Then know that's the Holy Spirit wooing them because he's telling you to go do it. Does it make sense? Let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But keep in mind that you're going to plant a seed. You may be planting. You may be watering. But it is God who will give the increase. You don't have to worry about that. So I free you of that right now. You no longer have to worry about whether or not that soul is going to come to Christ based on what you do. Okay? Let's go back to Isaiah 55. I told you this one was action-packed. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So disciples, now that we know the desperate need, we know that it is not about us, and we know we have the promise that God's Word will not return void, What's stopping us from sharing Him? We have agreed in our Sunday school class that we are going to get an A-plus in the Great Commission. We have agreed upon that. If you are not coming to Sunday school, you're missing it. Um, we're on a roll. Um, read Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20 with me. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. I feel like these are the, the scriptures going up. It's cheating. I've gotten lazy. Like I, I used to make sure I had my Bible and I'm flipping to the pages. and That's all right. It makes things easier. It's 21st century. Um, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go. That's the first action word, right? Therefore, and make 
well, we say disciple. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, baptizes that third one, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, that fourth one, to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All right. So, hell is hot, hell is dark, and the worst part of hell is that the lost will be separated from God from eternity. Um, all right, I got time. God hit me with this, and, and I share it with people now. I tell them, even though the person who rails and shakes their fist at God says, I hate you, or to the atheist who says, there is no God, the fact that they have children, they fall in love, they, they marry, they get excited at a sporting event, they have laughter. That is God's love and grace on their lives. And then that one time where they stand before Him, He says, I'm sorry, depart from me. I never knew you. They're going to know all those summed up in that moment because they will be in the presence of God when they are judged before they they are sent to eternity in hell. They will know. They'll be like, that's what that was. When they held their baby, that child for the first time, that joy that they felt, that's what that was. And then they will be separated from it for the rest of their lives. They will never know the love of God again for eternity. So if we're serious and and we are disciples who are serious about sharing Him and making that A-plus grade in the Great Commission, we've got to start telling Him. St. Augustine said, um, I don't want to mess it up. Um, if, I, if I get it wrong and someone knows it out there, correct me. He, he basically says, tell everyone the gospel and when necessary, use words. I'm going to disagree with him. Yes, our lives, people should be able to look at our lives without having a conversation with us and say, there's something different about them. There's a peace. There's a joy. There's a light about him. There, there is a, there's something different about her. But I believe that we should be purposeful about opening our mouths. There's, there's, there's life. The power of life and death are in the tongue. Not, and I think in a lot of ways we use that describing things that we can bring to life in our own life. And, and, and sure, yes. But if we're saying that the power of life and death are in the tongue, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That means that in this tongue, we have to purposely open our mouths and share life, share Jesus. So, this is where we get into the classwork portion. And uh, then we'll talk about the homework assignment. Need a volunteer. Who wants a volunteer? Yeah, man, you're smiling like real big. Come on up here. Come on up here. Is this thing on? Yeah, buddy. All right, good evening. All right, take that. Tell everybody your name. Andres Cardenas. Hey, Andres. Andres. 
Excellent. Pleasure to meet you. All right, so what we're going to do right here is I'm going to give you some tips, and then we're going to put those into immediate application. Are we ready? All right. So here's the trick. I want to ease all of your fears and concerns about sharing Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you the one tool to kick the door wide open. Boom! And I want you to, I'm going to give you some, some tips on what to do after you do this. Here's, the, here's, the, here's what I always did, all right? Hey, excuse me. Hey, may I ask you a brief question? Yes. Yeah, all right. My name's Michael. What's your name? Andres. Andreas. It's a pleasure to meet you, man. Just real quick, who is Jesus Christ to you? He's our Savior. Okay, awesome. So do you know Jesus Christ personally? You say he's our Savior? I'm getting to know him. Amen. Amen. Well, do you mind if I pray with you real quick? Not at all. Okay, in scene. Great. All right, so that's an example of what someone says when, yeah, he's our Savior. But do you see what I did? I didn't just leave it at, well, amen, brother. Praise God. Have a great day. I asked him, that a little, a, I dug a little bit deeper, a little bit more intimate question. Well, do you know him? Are you, are you walking with him? And here's what you do with that. If they say they don't know Jesus, that's a prime opportunity to give your testimony. You may not know all of the ins and outs, the Romans road and all of the scriptures. You don't have to. You have a life that has been lived and you have known Christ, right? All right, so um, this time, I'm not telling you what to say. I'm not, you're going to tell me. I don't, know, I don't know you're Jesus. All right. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm Mike. Andres, how you doing? Andreas, nice to meet you, man. I'm doing all right. Hey, can I ask you just one brief question? Yes, sir. Um, who is Jesus Christ to you? don't know him. You don't know him? Hey, man, I know that, you know, everybody in the world, we get caught up in the whole religion thing. I'm going to just share this with you, man. Jesus is not about religion. He's all about relationship. And I'll tell you this, man, like in my own life, I had someone share with me the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. That's kind of weird, you know. <laughs> he lived a sinless life. I don't know anybody else. I know I've, I've messed up big time. You ever sinned or messed up? he lived a sinless life and then he gave his life on the cross and then he rose from the dead so that I might know life and know peace. I was really messed up, man. A lot of darkness. I was broken and he healed me. Um, and it all started with me starting a relationship with him by telling him, I know I'm messed up. They told me that you lived a sinless life and you sacrificed yourself and you rose from the grave. Would you please come into my life and change me? And I promise you, man, my life has been changed radically. You interested? I can pray with you right now if you'd like. You know. I will, yes. All right. Boom. Thank you. Everybody give it up for Andreas. All right. So just to put you at ease, three of the main things you're going to run into if you ask that. It's going to be something like that. I don't know him. And if you'll notice, the more you get into this, you'll actually have scriptures that you can actually share with them. I believe that's the strongest because you're speaking God's word. And even if Andreas told me, hey man, get away from me with your Jesus. The fact that I, I, I did that, I even stopped and was willing to open my mouth and share life, share Jesus with him, 
It's going to stick with him. Because when I go away, I'm like, hey, man, I got you. As I walk away, I'm like, Father God, will you please, please lock that conversation. Let it not get away from Andreas. Let him wrestle with it when he goes to sleep tonight. Let him, re- let him recall that name Jesus. Let it penetrate his mind and his heart. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Abba. I'm going about my day. All right? You're also going to run into those individuals who are on fire. They might have more zeal than you, and that's okay. Because check it out. You know, we, Tim can go out and practice, you know, his, his, his putt, his, his, his tee off. He could get the best coach in the world, and he still wouldn't be able to beat me. But the fact that he's willing to get out there on the course... Are we willing to get out there on the course? You, one of three things, I told you. You're going to run into those individuals who, who have never known Him. That's a prime opportunity to pray with someone, share Scripture, lead them to Christ. You might run into someone who, just like we talked about, the backslider. I used to be on fire for Him. I once knew Him. That primes what you should share with Him. Hey, remember, God promised that He will complete the good work that He started in you. But you've got to repent. You've got to turn away from this stuff. It'll destroy you. Will you let me pray with you right now? And I always say pray with. I'm never going to say, you know, it's easy. It's the cop out to say, hey, I'll pray for you, brother. And go on about our day. To pray with you, it locks. It's a momentous moment. It locks it into place. I had an experience with this person who walked up and was telling me about Jesus. And he prayed with me, not for me. And then that third category is that person who's never known him and something like that, opportunity to share your testimony. Because when God's Word says that we overcame him, him being Satan, the enemy of our souls, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That's not just in our own personal lives. The adversary is after Andreas' life just like he's after mine. So if I open my mouth and I share that testimony, the word of my testimony might be able to defeat the enemy in Andreas' life as well. Does it make sense to us? So my question to us, disciples, what's stopping us from sharing Him? All right, we've got a 10-minute window. This next portion is going to take about three minutes. If you are comfortable, I'm not going to force you. If this were my classroom, we would have a brief quiet conversation where i would convince you that the best thing for you to do is participate in this activity i'm not going to do that i encourage you just real quick find someone you've got 30 seconds for you to be the person who asks hey i'm michael murray what's your name great can i ask you just one quick brief question who is jesus christ to you all right 30 seconds Partner A, did we, f- we find our partners? Go find your partner. Go, 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 go. We got a partner. 30-second window, 30-second window. Go.
All right, time. Hey, hey, you guys are getting carried away. You, get, you guys are getting carried away. All right, time on that one. Switch it up. The partner who was listening first. It's your turn. At, go. That's beautiful. Look at this, man. God's about to set his body on fire, man. Yeah. That's lovely. All right, all right. You guys are getting, you wacky kids, you're getting carried away. Now, that was a bit easier because we're here amongst brothers and sisters. But did it not feel good to actually have that conversation? Honestly. Imagine the power that that'll have with the broken. You know? And Pastor said something that has, has not left me. I took it to Arizona with me. Instead of being frustrated with the person who's cutting us off, the person who's mean mugging, mean mugging means I'm looking at you real mean, everyone in the grocery store and saying, oh my gosh, what is that guy's problem? What if we really stepped out of our comfort zone and said, hey, I don't know, it seems like something bothering you, man. Is there any way I can help? Huge change, right? Huge change. So, homework. You guys ready for this? By next Wednesday, if you are at the point, at the level where you are not sharing Jesus with anyone at all right now, no shame, I'm not, there's no condemnation. I'm challenging you. And I'm challenging myself. Share Jesus in this way, if if this is most comfortable with you. If this isn't how you want to do it, fine. Just choose to do it. Share Jesus with at least one person between now and Wednesday. Okay? If you are a one person already at the one person level, I challenge you to step it up to three people. Okay? Can we agree upon that? Will you guys pray with me? Father God, you are absolutely amazing. You are holy, holy, holy. You are worthy, worthy, worthy. Father, I pray. Truly help us to die to self. That we might truly be filled and overflowed with your Holy Spirit. That rivers of living water would well up and flow out of our bellies and splash on those around us. You are life, Lord Jesus. To the lost, I pray that they would let nothing stop them from coming to you and beginning that relationship with you. To the backslider, I pray that nothing would stop them from coming home. And to the disciple, set us ablaze with holy fire and zeal to see the lost come to you. I pray, Father God, help cause us, your disciples, your people, to be heaven's biggest promoter Put it in our hearts to just pack out heaven. Hmm. And introduce people to Jesus. That they might know peace in this life. And you for all eternity. 
grow us closer to you, closer to one another. Thank you for never leaving nor forsaking us. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys.